Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hey, welcome to the podcast, episode 41. We just had our 20-year anniversary. It was so relaxing. We had a good time at an amazing resort, and we just mm-hmm. talk to each other we had so many good times talking to each other having fun yeah playing in the pool eating relaxing oh it was incredible and you know we thought we would do this episode on reflections from our marriage over the last 20 years yeah and so lessons. we're going to share some of our favorite events some of the hard events we're going to share some of the things that we've learned um along the way yeah and we're also going to share maybe some lessons with you guys. That practical might be tips. Practical tips um, for for marriage. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll probably learn a little bit more about us as we go. But yes. thank you so much for being part of the mission, One Million Legacy Movement. We want to impact mm-hmm. one million legacies. Uh, we feel like God's called us to do it and uh, to be courageous parents, to equip confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. And whenever you share a social post at Courageous yeah. Mom, Resolute Man, Courageous Parenting, uh, you're part of that movement because it's helping get it out there. You share this podcast, yeah. you write a review of five stars, just tap, tap, five right. stars. Or even that's sharing us on it. social media. It's I a big mean, deal. You guys, it, this one million legacy is a really big deal because it could be literally transformed future generations, right? Yeah. Because what we're teaching is not our opinion. Although we have relinquished the rights to our experiences to the Lord for him to use our testimony because yeah. it's really his testimony through our life. Yeah. Um, and we just want to bring him glory, but we want to encourage parents to be parenting biblically. Yeah. And so we are teaching the biblical parenting model and the parenting mentor program. Yeah. And that has just been transforming lives Oh, it's been it's really exciting to hear people's testimonies. Um, but we also really want to encourage your marriages because when we were on our trip, we yeah. talked about how intertwined marriage and parenting is. Really? And True. truly, 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 your parenting is 100% affected by how much you are in alignment with your mar- in your marriage with yeah. your spouse and vice versa. Yeah. Also. And in addition, isn't the best gift you can give your kids a strong, thriving, God-centered marriage? Amen. Absolutely. So so, we want to encourage you guys today with some of the things that we've learned along the way from our mentors. Yeah. And as we have made mistakes and the the good things. I mean, because there were some things like, remember the first year we were married and people were constantly telling us, oh, that first year is going to be terrible. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And what was our response? Oh, no, it's going to be good. I mean, we at least have that expectation. Right. We're like, no, we're not going to let that happen. No. And I think that both of us kind of got like a little motivated, motivated because (laughs) people were saying it was going to be awful. And I was like, well, if it's the last thing I can do, it's going to be awesome just to spite you because it was it's it's so discouraging. So like, can I just encourage you guys, if you go to a wedding, do not try to impose your bad, expectations. Ex- bad, ex- bad experience mm-hmm. on somebody else thinking that everybody has a bad first year because we didn't have a bad first year. Although we had some really hard things like sure. I got pregnant four months into it, which was a blessing. But, but you, were you guys, I was so I was running a, bi- a new business and you were finance like a hundred hours a week. Finances were tight. Oh, crazy tight because, well, we had a fold up table in our, it's our dining room table for a while. Right. I mean, all of our money we invested in our business when we were first married, we decided to really like hold back and not spend. (laughs) Remember how we were like, we're going to save and we're not going to ever buy anything on credit and we're going to buy good quality dining room table. And, you know, we had these expectations. We're like, we're just, yeah, we're going to buy one and we're going to have it forever. It's going to be an heirloom. It was kind of like our perspective. And so we did without. For years, we had fold-up table and fold-up chairs. Yeah. And then your dad made us an amazing 
We have it right table. here. Table. Can't see it. You it's can't right to see the right. it, but okay. So you guys don't know this about Isaac. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw this out there because yeah. we love you, Jim. Mm-hmm. We love you, Jim Tolpin. Isaac's dad yeah. is a woodworker, but yeah. he is not just a woodworker. He is like he's an author. If you Google Jim Tolpin, he's written like 18 books, hasn't he? Isaac? I think so. Something. Like I mean, that. he's in his industry. He's like the guy. He's pretty <laughs> sweet. But he, we didn't know this. So on our wedding day, he had made us that little model table that oh, yeah. was the tiny version. It was like the not even Barbie size. It was like a little bit bigger than a polypop pocket size table. Yeah, and we're like, oh, and it was cool. cherry wood. Yeah. And he had like sanded it and oiled <laughs> this little table that for years Kelsey played with that with her little poly pockets and it was a little table in her dollhouse. Yeah. But you guys, so we we get this gift and it's this tiny box and we open it and we're like, oh thanks. What's <laughs> this little table? And he's like, well, I'm making you a dining room table. We've had it for 20 years. It's sitting right here. It's a little smaller than our family I don't think needs, any of us expected our family us. to be family of 10. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's a desk. Yeah. <laughs> we absolutely love it. It's hand plain cherry wood table. Yeah. I think he spent a hundred hours I making know. it. It's beautiful. Least. It's really amazing. So anyway, but that's just a little inside thing. You can find Jim on, on Instagram. You guys would probably, those of you who like to make things out of wood will find his Instagram very intriguing. So right in the very beginning, by the way, we worked really hard together. And before we were married, uh, the four months before I just graduated college, uh, she was on summer break and we got this business going and we had a lot of impact on young college students and so forth. It was really fun. And then we got married four months later, pregnant. We were going to wait two years. Yeah. And we weren't going to have a big family. No, no. That wasn't the plan. No, we didn't really have a plan. I mean, in my head, I had two years or two kids at some point, some distant future. talk about this 20 years later you guys um but you know but then god really blessed the business side i was still working frankly i was working too much i was out of whack in terms of priorities can i just ask you can you share do you have regrets about how much you worked the first five years we were married because in the first five years we had our first three kids. I absolutely think I worked too hard. Did I, were there fruits from the labor? Yes, uh, we did very well. Did it land me uh, a position running Washington, Oregon two years into our marriage? Yes. And that was a big that deal. Was the, the first year of really working hard landed you that job. Yeah. For so the second year so of our it marriage. was a but short. In the first five years. It was a short stint, but yeah. it was, you know, I was learning a lot. It was a big responsibility at a young age and um, it took a lot of work. But you know what? I didn't, I, I do wish I didn't work so hard. I wish I worked smarter and knew how to do that. I didn't quite know how to do that then. I was right out of college, big responsibility. Yeah. You didn't and, have a business mentor back then either yeah right and so like we were both eager and looking for a marriage mentors slash like biblical man biblical womanhood kind of people that could disciple us and we were very blessed to find those i've had many in my life you have had a few in your life as well really blessed to be with one guy for like 12 years right yeah and um also named jim different guy and we've had a lot of really good gyms in our life a lot of good gyms i'll tell you you men uh you need to have a mentor you need to have godly men that have been down the road you want to go and that can speak into your life so that's actually we're just kind of playing this by ear but i would say this would be action step or tip number one Mm -hmm. on how to really set yourself up for having a strong marriage is to have have mentors mentors. um or pastors pastors are great mentors if they're going to give you the time if they're going to disciple you yeah if they're not going to disciple you you can't count that right actually if you're just going and sitting in a sanctuary i listen to his sermon every sunday no nope He's not discipling you. Um, what we're talking about is personal accountability. Yeah. In real life, face-to-face communication. And you have to tell him or her, ladies too, super important, you can ask me anything. And I promise I will answer honestly. Yeah. But you, ha- you have to commit to that before you can say that, obviously. Yeah. Um, another thing that I just want to throw out there that's really important since we're talking about this, I have taught a lot on mentoring and teaching in my past years when I did mentor sure. coaching. And 
one of the things that I really warn women in is that when you ask someone to be their mentor, you need to look at the fruit in their life first. Yeah. And if you can say, I want my marriage to look like theirs. I want my kids then, to look like And them. I want my kids to look like their kids. Then they're the kind of person that you would want to be discipled by. Yeah. If you can't say that, then they're probably not the right person. Now, I've had business mentors where the family life maybe wasn't as good, but the business side was really good. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I can get yes. some business wisdom out of that, but don't be the person that asks them for the family wisdom, okay? You need to make sure the fruit's there. Yeah. And so you can have different people because sometimes it's hard to find it all in one. Especially right. if you're in business. Yeah. And so there have been seasons where we've had different mentors for different aspects of our life. Mm -hmm. Like someone was mentoring me in marriage, but then I was also meeting with somebody to talk about business and social media and sure. how to do online ministry and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And so there are different seasons for different things and that's okay. And sometimes you can actually outgrow those relationships as well. Now you're probably so, wondering, how do you find these people? Well, that's your job. First to pray about it, mm -hmm. ask God for them, put yourself where the eagles fly. Where people who are going to be yeah. um, intentional, purposeful with their life, you see them- Biblical, biblical truth. Yeah, they're living, living biblically. biblically. Oh, look how in tune we are. Yeah. I know. So anyways, I, you know, I just think that it's an important conversation for you and your husband to have. But also, can I also just exhort you that if you are looking for the mentor, it's actually your responsibility to reach out and pursue that person. Yeah. It's not the mentor's responsibility. However, biblically, in Titus 2, God does command the older women yeah. and older men to be discipling the younger men and women. And I think that if you don't know that scripture, then you most definitely need to go and read t t Titus chapter two, um, because it has made a huge difference in our marriage yeah. over the last 20 years. Absolutely. And guys on the working hard, hustling in the beginning, just remember in the beginning years, even though the kids won't remember very much, they're being formed by your influence or lack of influence. So that's just really, really important. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thankful that Angie did such a great job. I was Thank present you. when I was home, um, but that it did not end up mm -hmm. harming my kids, but it could have if I kept the pace I was going. Right. So yeah. that was really, really important. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the date night one sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, it's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. And you can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings, and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Now, education. The kids get a little bit older. Pretty soon, you know, Kelsey's ready to go to school, and we put her in preschool, preschool. for like two months. Yeah. And we shared a little tidbit of this on should Christians be celebrating Halloween. We shared a little bit of that testimony because yeah. we 
put her in preschool and then we pulled her out because of that yeah. experience actually. And then she went into first grade at a Christian school and uh, you can look at a different episode on 11 reasons why we homeschool for that. Oh, right. But, yeah, we share that testimony. But we yep. ended up deciding to homeschool and okay. that's been an incredible journey. Tough road. That's right. I will tell you uh, ladies, many, many, many times my wife has Uh-oh. said, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I... I think I did that every year we started a new year. <laughs> so can I... So with our, our with your oldest, this is how it kind of works, okay? First time you're doing kindergarten, you're like, oh, am I going to screw them up? What if I can't teach them how to read? <laughs> and then first time you do second grade or first time you do fourth grade, first time yeah. you do... Every single year is a first time that you're ever doing that new thing. And it requires vision. It requires, um, I mean, you have to to decide a curriculum. There's all kinds of things, right? So there's many different reasons why a woman would feel incapable or inadequate or scared. And guys, if you're not encouraging her and believing in her, it's a tough thing to do. And so, and, and why did we do it? Well, we just weren't seeing the fruit from the public education and the private Christian schools either. And we tried, you guys. Can I just say we tried so hard? We looked and looked and looked. So and we, we had we a vision. Like- we had a vision. This is another tip. You got a vision for your legacy. We had a vision for our legacy. We wanted our kids to be believers. Of course, there's no guarantee of that no matter what you do, but there's greater chances if you do better things. Um, so we want them to be believers. We want them to have great marriages. We want them to have families and be mm-hmm. devoted to that. We actually really wanted to like them. We wanted and to like we them. we wanted to have a close relationship with them and we wanted them to have a close relationship with their siblings. And yeah. so, but I have also known homeschool families where it actually ends up being the opposite. And yeah. so just because somebody homeschools doesn't mean that they are qualified to be your mentor, you need to really look at the fruit in their lives. Yeah, there's and many, so, many things that to but equip it kids. it has been a journey because yeah. our oldest is 19 and I was kind of doing some homeschool stuff with her when she was three when we pulled her out of preschool until that first grade. So for a few years, preschool, yeah. kindergarten, um, and throughout the summers, I was doing. What's so cool her, about it is you can instill the love of learning in the direction they're wired by God to yes. go. That is the biggest thing in the flexibility. You can go look at the other podcasts for that, but it's been a journey. And we took it one year at a time. Mm-hmm. We, you know, she had a lot of hesitation about teaching high school and those kinds of things. I, you guys, I always felt so inadequate. And, um, I think that it was just the lies from the enemy and the culture for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would not have kept going if it wasn't for the encouragement of my husband. Now, Ir- and so I think yeah. it's just really important that people oh. like hear that because sure. even the strongest of women need to be encouraged. And so that's a good thing. So if you're a husband, you're listening to this and you think you're married to a strong wife, just remember she can still benefit from your encouragement. And hey, I was completely against homeschooling until we did it. I was oh, completely. And I, I didn't want to. You I guys, thought they were going to be socially unaware. They wouldn't have good friends. They wouldn't be prepared for college. They wouldn't be prepared for the world. I had I was completely wrong in every single account, by the way. In fact, our kids are so well adjusted, so socially strong and yeah. ready for the world. And Kelsey's killing it at school, doing great. Yeah, all the kids are killing it per se. But um, <laughs> no, I think that it, it's interesting looking back because I had the fears that I had were things that other people imposed upon me. It wasn't just me. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I did have my own expectations of things, and I kind of had to detox off of my oh, own educational. What's so-and-so going to say if I start homeschooling? Right. Oh, and I got a ton of that because we were one of the first ones in our community. I mean, there were a couple people that we knew that were homeschooling, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like – we're talking almost 20 years – I mean, 15 years ago, 16 years ago. So that's been a major part of our last 20 years, frankly. Yeah, because it's a lifestyle choice, yeah. and so it – drastically alters your lifestyle. It actually frees you up to be able to travel. Let's talk about RV trips next. Oh, yeah. You guys, in the last 20 years, we've had some really killer RV trips. But can I just say, so a lot of you are probably going, RV, why why does this family have an RV? What's that about? And so we had five kids, seven and under. Yeah. Talk about hard to travel. Okay, so Isaac has family in Maryland yeah. and in Virginia. And from the time that Kelsey was a baby, we used to travel, we would fly 
over to oh. the East Coast with the yeah. kids until the last trip that we made was when Drew was little. He was our fourth. Yeah. And it was it was so hard. You had a conference on the East Coast that you stayed there for, and I flew home with the kids. And mm-hmm. two of them were sick with the stomach flu. They literally came down with it in the airport, flying Beautiful. home. But I had four kids with me that were under six years old, and I was flying from Virginia back to Oregon. Then, I mean, there wasn't Airbnb back then, but no. still. Um, and there wasn't Uber. When we there would wasn't... just go to the coast, the Oregon coast, we would we would pack up our car, barely fit in it. <laughs> Yeah. And and then we would get our hotel room and or sometimes we would rent a house. And I would and, go in with the kids and, and I'd stay would, there and you'd go back and forth, back and forth. Back and forth, <laughs> unpacking everything, back and forth. I'm like in I'm Exhausted. like, this is crazy. I'm packing everything <laughs> in. And then it's like a couple days later, what do you have to do? Pack, pack it, it all, all up. <laughs> pack it all back in the van. And I'm like, so can I just say Woo! like those experiences when the kids were so little and plus like the driving, can I just say like the Bathroom two breaks, hour constant, driving for stopping to change diapers, stopping to potty break, <laughs> stopping to breastfeed, stopping to eat, stopping to I'm snack. Like, oh, she's car sick. Why did we ever leave home again? I don't know. This two-hour road trip is now six hours one way. Oh, man. That- it was so rough. It really was rough. I mean, but every, that's what everybody did, like, before us, right? Well, that's what people still do, honey. Right, except but they, <laughs> most people don't have this many kids, right? Oh, that's like, true. most people would stop it, too, so then they have, like, two <clears throat> potty breaks. Well, then there's, o- there's occupancy laws occupancy laws oh right the fire fire you can't actually rent a house or you know unless it's extraordinarily expensive well a lot of people wouldn't even remember when we used to try to go to port townsend to visit family we couldn't even rent a place rent a house because they're like oh you have five kids how old are they (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah so they wouldn't rent to us i would have to use my influence skills and finally i would eventually get somebody get something it was so hard though like the occupancy rates for (laughs) hotels though once we got to like five kids, then there was seven of us and we had to have two hotel rooms if we went anywhere. With connecting doors or With, something. Well, we're not. Like sometimes they dangerous. couldn't get them next to each other. Yeah, and would, so of like course it. then we'd have to split up and so I'd we be bought, in one so, room. So we ended up in a time when financial abundance was happening. And mm-hmm. so- And you were speaking and I was speaking. So we bought yeah. a 39 foot class A RV. With bunk beds. With bunk beds. Sleeps 10. Sleeps 10. And we still, praise God, through all of our challenges, we still have this thing. You guys, so actually, you know, this RV became a way to support our family when the business failed. That summer, we rented it out so many times. It brought in like 30 grand in one summer. Praise (laughs) God. Um, It became a business asset. Yeah. So it still helps. Well, it brings some money in, not as much as that summer. But um, God just really used it that summer to take care of us. We have taken it to LA. To Grand uh, Canyon. Grand Canyon. We visited Gigi in Arizona. Legoland to SeaWorld. SeaWorld to Mount Zion National Park. Oh yeah, so we we our first like big trip in our RV was when we went to the Grand Canyon. Do you remember when we had the we got there and oh. there was snow everywhere? There were mountain lion tracks. Okay, we're going in and it was beautiful, no snow or anything. And of course, I should have prepped a little bit. Okay, and like looked at looked at well, things. We didn't. There was no such thing as a weather app back then. Yeah, it's I, true. I'll give you some grace. That's true. So Technology we're going. Everything seems thing. fine. And as soon as we, and it's starting to get dark, we start going to the canyon, and all of a sudden. It's snowing out of nowhere. And then pretty soon it's like white on the road and there's no tracks. And then it's like But like there's no feet, there's no feet. car tracks going either way. We and didn't see a single car. And then there's an abandoned car. van you, on the side. Do you know what it feels like when you don't see any other cars driving? And you're in a huge RV you and it's dark. Like it was 10 o'clock at night. We could not see the actual like And then there's a canyon. sign that says view here. So I'm just like, oh, that's oh my just gosh, a huge cliff right there. Right. That's a Grand Canyon. And I'm driving like 15 miles an hour. We're going to die. Hey, here's another yeah. tip, dads. You probably already know this one. But when you have some fear inside- don't, don't let your family know. <laughs> so here I am. I'm like gripping it, white knuckle, 15 miles an hour. The kids are up here. And I'm just like. <laughs> He's totally okay. And the whole time, Kelsey's like seven or eight years old. And she's like, dad, should we stop? Is that an abandoned van? Are those people okay? The van's off and it's covered in snow. I'm like, if we stop, it might be a problem. And then we keep driving and we see him watch out for mountain lions sign yeah. and then all of a sudden he stops and there's tracks right 
across or the how about the, the time RV, and that's when you had to put chains on it how about the time I thought he was mount zion eaten. national park oh. and we're going out a different way and we go up and it's a switchback up this mountain it's a one car road it's one a, lane it's a switch well it's two but it felt like one <laughs> and so it's a switchback so and you you look out the side of the rv and it's just cliff Okay, and I'm driving, like we're talking and I'm barely yeah. making the corners. And at the top, there's a tunnel. What I didn't understand is my RV barely was going to fit through it, and they had to stop traffic. So I would take up both lanes because it was a rounded top. Yes. So I'd go through the, the middle, middle and not just hit. Not and I'm hit. just like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to die many we, times on that trip. <laughs> we've never died. We're here. Praise God. <laughs> laugh now that was wow that was a long time ago that was like nine years ago but when you know the rewards are always worth it when we got out of that tunnel it was like a different world the rock formations (laughs) it was extraordinary it was so worth it oh that was an adventure anyways then last summer uh moving forward here we did a three-month trip around the country oh you guys we saw 34 states we we saw the we saw okay we went everywhere i mean we we we'll have to do to a whole episode on that. Yeah. yeah, we went to Yellowstone. We went down through Cheyenne. We were Wyoming, 4th of July. We were in New York City. We went We went up the whole East Coast. Okay, yeah. So we eventually like got over to Charleston, yeah. and then we went down to Our St. Country Augustine, is Florida, and then we zigzagged all the way up the East Coast for a month, yeah. and we stayed at beaches. We got to see the Creation Museum, the Ark Encounter. And we met... God was all over it. I met this old guy at Starbucks, because I was still He uh, was working like working. 40, 60 hours and, a week. Yeah. And uh, he goes... And he just kept talking to me, and I'm like, okay, just, you know, focus on him. Stop working. So I did. And we chit chat. And he goes, you know what? You just need to come over. I've got the best beach in town. Oh, is that the guy in Connecticut? Yeah. And oh, then, it really and was then I get home beach. and I go, all right, guys, get in. We're going to go to this guy's house. And they're like, what? what? <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, God provided this beach to hang out at. And so we would go. We went and over. And he's like, oh, here's the life, bo- life jacket. He had a, he had a little fridge on his beach. And it pop. was legitimately one of the best beaches it's a sweet little cu- they were just an older couple yeah. that their kids were all grown and they were grandma had and grandma. boogie boards we had so much fun it was so great they hung out with us but that was kind of like that is representative of how the whole trip was yeah. like we met so many so many neat people on this trip and yeah. i got to do the courageous mom meetups all yeah. over the nation yeah and it was just fun to meet people face to face and to have those deep conversations with people who are thinking about having more kids, but not really sure to homeschooling to all so kinds lots of topics. Of, that's how we travel. If you ever want to know, that's how we do it. And we in our RV, in our RV and we rent it out and it's and part of how what supports now. the ministry and supports our family. It's yep. a little piece, but um, so that's and really our cool. son runs that business on the side. He helps rent it yeah. out and that supports our family too. If you want to check out, is it, RVRentalsBen.com. So then we also, uh, we've been lucky enough to travel some incredible places by plane. Just us. Oh, yeah. Like the first, like 14 years we were married. Yeah. And we we encourage you to go places. Now, depending on your budget and so forth. But definitely get alone. Do some things. Experience things together. You guys, it's really fun to think back on all the places that we went. So the first year we were married... Or, yeah, I mean, we've seen, let me think, we've been to London and Paris. We've been to Italy, Spain, Argentina. Argentina. Um, remember the Rock of Gibraltar? Oh, yeah. That was hilarious. The monkeys oh, that were yeah. climbing on our car doing, on the Rock of Gibraltar. Doing no- the naughty. Okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little, little overboard. They yeah. were, but we have seen, we've been all over the world. We've been to the Czech Republic. We've yeah. seen, okay. Going into the Jewish cemetery from the Holocaust Museum. That was crazy. Well, what was really crazy. So Isaac is named after one of, um, on his dad's side of the family, one of his ancestors, Isaac Ben-Luria Tolpin. And we found his name in one accidentally. of the- Accidentally. in the, well, we were looking for it mm. when we were in the Jewish, um, uh. the Holocaust Museum in Prague. Mm-hmm. And- then we found it right there, and it was that was kind of trippy. But um, I thought it was. I think it was accidental in my head. But anyways, <laughs> I was like, I was looking for it because I knew all the stories. But yeah. um, it, just going into those old churches in Italy, 
Oh, Italy amazing? was incredible. And the Coliseum, Rome. Rome. The Rome. Oh, yeah, and the vineyards that we got to see. That all inspired our, the vineyard years, which maybe we should talk about that. Do you? The reason we had we had a vineyard on our property, we actually remodeled one of. Another thing is do some projects together. It's good. A lot of people say, oh, the worst thing you could do is remodel a house together or something like it that. It actually was fun. It was really good for our marriage. Yeah. It was really powerful. And Well, when you say it was good for our marriage, so we're kind of weird because we view good as anything that exposes things that need to grow and yeah. be refined and sharpened. Yeah. We understand that we're going to have to grow when we do things, but that's kind of the purpose. So when we hit hard times, our perspective is how can we both grow through this? Yeah. Right? Like it, it, like if there's conflict between us, we're like, okay. Because our, our hard times going to happen for you. Absolutely, they're going to happen for you. And if we don't you, know what they're going to be. If ahead of time, you're not prepared to put God first and to uh, have the right perspective of how you're going to approach that together, then it could be detrimental to your marriage. Yeah, it and could. but it could in our case, it's always helped our marriage. Right, but yeah. So here's another tip: um, just be humble. Mm. Pride will kill your marriage. Yeah, and really, what's the point? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it. Like in the minute, in the minute, in the moment, it's hard to say I'm wrong or you're right. But really, it just doesn't matter. And once you admit it, it actually feel so good yeah it's like it's almost like the enemy is got you in bondage and it's your pride right what one of and the things when you let yeah. that go it's like oh. one of the things we used to say to each other two things i will tell you is first of all we're both right so if we were arguing about something mm -hmm. and and if it was a lot of times when you argue if you really look at it there are things that don't actually matter that much sometimes they are or you're actually saying the same not, thing but in different in ways in different ways because you're wired differently and or so you have different definitions of things. so we just go yeah. oh we're both right we don't necessarily say that anymore but we said that a lot in our early years and i think it formed into just an understanding of that that we don't need to be right and that's helped our marriage another thing is you are not the enemy it's just mm -hmm. proclaiming, you know, when we're yeah. arguing, sometimes you can feel like, why are they feeling like the enemy right now? Well, there is an enemy and it's not your spouse. Right. And understanding that's really important. Yeah, we've definitely, that's been one of our key phrases from the beginning. Yeah, so the, so the remodel of the house was fun. It was a 4,200 square foot home and we did a vineyard on the side of it mm -hmm. and it was gorgeous. It was so but much we fun. But we didn't do that right away. So we remodeled the home and then we started slowly building the garden. Yeah. Um, which was, at first it was that I wanted to have a garden, but also this is a homeschool co-op opportunity. And so yeah. we invited people from the church that we were part of and the yeah. co-op that we had and, and everybody participated and gardened together. And that was really fun. And then the next year that grew from one garden box to four garden boxes with a white picket fence and yeah. grapes. And it was really beautiful. And then we added chickens. Yeah. And our, at the time, Kelsey was five, almost six years old, and she was fully in charge of all the chickens, took it all over. 21. Sold eggs. And um, that was a really great experience for her for the nine years that we lived there. Yeah. Um, and we had a dog that we also got before I had Drew, our yeah. fourth. I was pregnant with him when we got Moses, and we had him for nine years. And so the kids were able to experience taking care of animals and, and the, all of that. And the reason for the vineyard is we had the space there. Nothing was happening with the, the land on the side of our house. And we wanted our kids to experience really living on a farm and having to work hard and doing something they could grow up with because vines never go away. Um, they get older yeah. and older when and older. When we were choosing a crop, there were a few different things that we were looking at. And I mean, obviously at the time you had a different job too. And mm -hmm. so what you were doing for work, it just, your busy season was usually when it was harvest actually. Yeah. And with the vineyard, when we would need to be pruning and vine mm -hmm. dressing, ended up working out with your work schedule. Yeah. So there was that element to it, but also just the idea that if we're going to be planting something and we, I, we already were thinking legacy and leaving a legacy yeah. was a huge message that you and I, mm -hmm 
were doing visioneering together as a married couple on for years. And we thought, well, wouldn't it be cool, even if we don't end up ever, if we don't end up staying here, that these vines will probably always be here. These are actually And they are still there. We sold the place, but it's still there. Yeah, it's neat. They're taking really great care of it. They they ran with the vision that we had. We had set up a area that was um, supposed to be for weddings and different things like that and but we wanted the kids to experience that and you know some of my best thinking was in the vineyard was literally just pruning in the vineyard it was an incredible experience and you know you might think about what can you do together as a family yeah maybe not so big as a vineyard but maybe you can do something right and what can you do together is not something that kids learn in a day it's not something they learn by going and doing it five or ten times work ethic is taught by daily, incrementally doing the same thing over and over again, even when you don't feel like doing it. And when you have a responsibility like a farm or a crop of some sort or animals, you have, you learn that. Yeah. And you learn responsibility on a whole new level. And I really do think that at least for our first five kids, that was huge shaping um, experience for them. And it was shaping for me. I'll be honest, there were days when it was pouring down rain in Portland and I did not want to be out there pruning, but we had to get it done before the frost came in, Yeah, you know? And so it was, it was good for us. Now, as far as kids, people probably want to know. So how did that transpire to eight kids over all these years? And so, you know, we had a couple of kids, actually Austin didn't come around for three years and we thought something was wrong. Yeah. And so, uh, but nothing was wrong evidently. Well, I... Well, I did have the emergency appendectomy when yeah. I was 10 days pregnant with him. and um, Yeah, he's a miracle he, baby. He is a miracle baby. The doctors tried to get us to terminate that pregnancy. He has quite a testimony. He was born with a hole in his heart, and God healed that as well. And um, there's, there's Yeah, they thought there would be no chance that, that Austin would survive. Would, would survive. No, because we're, like, well, we're pro-life. Come on. Yeah, it w- obviously was not an option. It's kind of, That's kind of an interesting story. Maybe we'll share that another time. But... You know, after two, you were done. Yeah. And I felt like somebody was missing, but I didn't want to push you over the overboard, right? Sure. Like we were still in the first five years of our marriage mm-hmm. and you were really working hard to build a business. You were driven. And um, I was trying to figure out what biblical submission looked like yeah. in regards to this practical area of my life of how many kids are you going to have, right? Yeah. And that we obviously had a disagreement at yeah. that point. Um, it wasn't a verbalized disagreement. It was more like my heart felt like someone was missing mm-hmm. and you were just done. Yeah. And um, I was so really, selfish. And you hadn't really, you just didn't think about it, I don't think. It, yeah, it I was just selfish. I was thinking weird things like, okay, when when our oldest, our youngest kid is 18, how old will I be? Okay, then that's when I get freedom. You were really thinking that way? Yeah, I didn't tell you, but in my head, that's what I was thinking. Oh, wow. I, I used to, the most selfish thing sometimes I would think about. And you know what? Um, you should never not have kids because of selfish reasons. And that's what we came to. I mean, ultimately, that was definitely a huge convicting factor right there is, well, why am I saying this? Why do I not want a kid? And then being introspective and verbalizing it out loud is very powerful. Because when you hear yourself say the reasons why you don't want another kid, it's mm-hmm. just convicting. When you love the Lord, it's just convicting. So we had another kid. So then we had Megan. And right away, you were like, oh, we're a good team at this. We can have more. Let's keep going. And then I'm like, well, I only thought one was missing. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we but, didn't agree. But that, you know, when Megan was born, that was the first time I had a little bit of postpartum depression. Yeah. Um, because you were working really hard and I was outnumbered. I have two hands yeah. and I had three kids under five yeah. and you were working hard. I, you know, back in those days, the first like 14 years that we were married, you traveled a lot. Yeah. And in the, you know, the first time, I would say until we had Drew, our fourth, I would actually travel with you sometimes. Yeah. And we would try and integrate it. And I'd bring a kid with me to work. And even though I was working yeah. hard, I, tr- I yeah, did do we, a, a diligent the kids effort. saw you, you know, yeah. Austin would put a suit on and go to work with totally. dad. And um, we would hope we did a lot of hospitality. 
a lot of hosting things at our house where yeah. work people would come to our home. Work and ministry sometimes, yeah. And well, work was our ministry. Yeah. You know, um, for us, that's actually another tip is that you don't compartmentalize the Amen. different areas of your life, but instead you view your marriage as mm-hmm. the the ministry that God has given you first, mm-hmm. and you ask the questions of how can we complement one another to be fulfilling the great commission partnering with god in the great commission yeah and when you do have that perspective then all of a sudden your life is opened up in a different kind of way to people in work yeah people in church people in your neighborhood even yeah and so um so we ended up uh coming to the conclusion that if we don't both agree we're not going to do anything permanent oh you're talking about having kids but i did have a vasectomy appointment and i didn't show up no and i'm glad we didn't I'm glad I didn't do that. And we were in agreement to have me do that at the time. Yeah. After after our fourth was born, I was done. Yeah. I, it, my perspective was I can't do this. There's nothing Physically, more I can give. It might kill you. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I just was so sick having um, HG during the pregnancies and yeah, puking super 14, tough. 16 times a day with each of the kids and it was hard to take care of the other kids and homeschool them and i felt like something had to shift and that was actually why we put kelsey in school for first grade too was that was part of it was that i was pregnant with with our fourth and he was born right the first week of school this was one of the best periods of time though because it really made me realize okay she really needs me more if i don't become even more purposeful and i stop working so much then we can't have more kids. And it's not that I wanted more kids. It's that I didn't want to disobey God. Right. It was that you didn't not want more kids. Right. Actually. And I didn't want, and I understood children were a blessing and I didn't want to, it to be because of, me working too much and not supporting her enough that we well, uh, that we yeah. couldn't I mean, receive God's ultimately, blessings. Ultimately, what we had talked about over and over again was at at the end of our days, we want to look back and not have regrets on the big things in life. Yeah, like sure, maybe we make bad business transaction sure. or bad decision here or there. We made the right? most important decisions, right? But when it comes to life yeah. or death situations, we never wanted to have any kind of regret that God would be like confronting us on, right? Yeah. Like we wanted to be building our treasures in heaven. And so- um, So I adjusted, I adjusted big time, but you know what was cool? Is God gave me wisdom on how to grow the business while working with us. That when the business started exponentially exploding it financially. D- it was unbelievable. You, and yeah. I went, I started working less, but I had to defy the way of doing things compared to the environment I was in. Right. And I had to really, really change things. And God gave me the wisdom. I cried out to God and he gave me the answers. And But you also worked really hard. I mean, I remember that year was uh, you had started taking Fridays off and you were having your learning day. Remember, you were working four days a week and then Fridays you would take Austin to a coffee shop yeah. with you and do homeschool with him. It was a normal work. Read. It was actually really normal work and it included me, you know, having creative time and do these things. And you went these. back to Western Seminary yeah. for a coaching degree during that time and started doing coaching on the side. You were trying to stay stimulated too because there was this part of you that was just like yeah. kind of shipping it in in a way. And you were like, you know, yeah. wanting to be stimulated, wanting to grow outside of your box. So... But even though I was working less, the business grew to ten from five million to ten million a year yeah. in revenue and these kinds of things. Now, then uh, there were some challenges after that. Left the the business I was part of and started another company, and it was a miserable failure. And in the end, and we learned a lot of lessons. Lost everything financially, except the RV. Except the RV, and um, and that was an important experience because I developed some pride. And I just appreciate in our marriage that even when I had nothing, you love me the same. I yeah, I feel like uh, that it, it's weird because when I look back on that season, once you decided to, because um, you were in CEO denial mm-hmm. during that time, and we had moved to Bend, mm-hmm. and we didn't have close close friendships in our life because we had moved away from the ones that we probably thought were the closest um and 
I felt like I had no one I could talk to about it. And I thought I was losing you during that time. Mm. It was really difficult for me. Yeah. And um, I felt like I was losing you to the business. Yeah. Actually. Which in my mind, there was no losing anything. I was just trying to make it work. Right. But um, it was a tough time. And uh, you were working hard. The pressures of meeting payroll were intense. And the the short of it is we stopped that business. We were financially destroyed, but we weren't destroyed in our faith. We weren't destroyed in our marriage. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, all of that just grew stronger. Our marriage grew stronger. Our kids rallied together and God provided. It became that once you actually, what I was going to say is that once you actually said no to that, that was actually when things started getting better for me. Oh, got it. Yeah. It was the few years leading up to that. that And what's most important in your marriage? It's more important than money or career or anything. Which is one of the biggest tips that we cannot stress enough to not ever let anything come in between your marriage. Nothing. Not a person, not a business, not a job offer. Nothing. Nothing. It has to be one of your highest priorities. And I say one of your highest priorities because obviously God is the number yeah. one and then your marriage and then your kids. And sometimes you have to look around you and you have to look at the needs of your spouse and your children and you have to make hard decisions like saying no to the business opportunity or whatnot to do what God's called you to do first. Yeah. And um, so we just encourage people that if anybody's trying to come in between your marriage, yeah. right? Like no bad talking about your spouse Never. ever. That yeah. is right there, like hands down. If anyone ever talks yeah. bad about your spouse, yeah. you can't spend time with them anymore. Yeah. That's not a healthy relationship. Um, if a business is coming in between it, you really need to evaluate if it's the right place for you to be. And so, but you also need to seek outside wisdom and have close friends. You know, what's interesting is I was just a guest on a podcast of somebody that knew he was in my organization actually 20 years ago. And he's a Christian. And you were talking to him outside a conference. He was a college student back then. Hmm. And he said that you thought I was going to be a pastor one day. That's so and then he funny. just said this on that yes. interview, right? And and it's kind of a theme that Angie had in her mind, but wasn't in my mind of someday we'll be doing ministries full time together and, mm-hmm. you know, these kinds of things. And what's interesting is God had to take these things away and say, no, you're going to go do this. And so it was the best thing because now we're doing full time ministry together. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what God wanted. And frankly, it's probably what he wanted a decade ago. Yeah. Now we were doing some ministry together. We did marriage seminars together. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, officiated some weddings and coached other yeah. couples. Premarital and, counseling. Um, yeah. We, you know, you had your speaking. You wrote a book and a blog. Right. That started that kind of in two thousand eight, I think, and that was actually that's kind of a funny story too. But yeah. Isaac started a blog to, and then tried to get me. Well, I told her you should start a blog. She's like, "Oh no, no one wants to hear my words." I'm like, "Oh, you really should start a blog?" No, 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 no. And I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna start a blog." And so I started a blog. And, and then he's like, will you edit this? Will you check it? And uh, I'm like, changing everything. And then, she's, like, <laughs> and then she starts her blog because, you know, and then he I- He goes, well, you should just start your own. And then I'm I sta- like, okay then. And I stopped mine because mission was done. I shouldn't have stopped, but I did because she was off and running. And then uh, your book, you know. Yeah, Redeeming Childbirth. That was a whole nother process. But you know what? I, I think that it's important. Here's another tip for your marriage, you guys, is that in a marriage, God has given you guys different gifts- for the body of Christ, but also for your marriage. But for the body of Christ in the context that I'm thinking of, and no one knows you better than your spouse. And one thing that has been something that's really powerful for me is when Isaac started calling out the gifts that he Mm. saw in me, the other people didn't see in me back in 2008. This was a long time ago. I mean, it was 12 years ago. And, you know, encouraging me to write, find my voice, and do ministry in a way that wasn't going to take away from our family. And I would not be who I am today if it wasn't for a husband that was calling out those special gifts in me. And I know that there have been times when I've been able to encourage you Absolutely. in similar ways oh, where I'm yeah. like, hey, actually, you're really good at this and this. And mm-hmm. and it like because we all have those blind spots. Yeah. And we need to be encouraged in who we are in Christ yeah. and recognize that those gifts are not just for your marriage, but they're for the body as well. And um, we wouldn't be sitting here 
yeah. today if it wasn't for you encouraging me in that back in 2008. And also, you know, it's interesting hmm. is one of the reasons why I started the blog was actually because of the organization you were working with and all the young wives yeah. of the managers were yeah, coming to me to yeah. and they were saying, hey, do you have a blog? And I'm like, what's a blog? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you should start a blog, yeah. you know? And so I, you know, just having a ministry within your work and being able to connect with the women that were maybe a decade younger than me mm-hmm. and we we had three or four kids and they were, you know, dating or engaged or just yeah. newly married. I loved that. Now, we've been on an incredible ride. And more recently, this podcast, 250,000 episodes about right now. I'll have to look, but it's pretty close to that. Oh, downloads, uh, since, yes. Downloads since January, you know, over 300 parents through the Parenting Mentor Program, 100% of them have said you know admitted that it's changed their marriage and parenting well yeah uh, some people have said it's changed it's saved their marriages even which is crazy because this is a parenting mentor yeah. program but it goes back to like what are some of the issues why people struggle so much in their marriages when they can't agree on things about parenting yeah and they have issues and one of the reasons why we like doing that together is because it does bring alignment and so it's been an incredible ride and I guess if you could get something out of this, it's in the toughest times we've experienced, which we only give you a few, by the way. Yeah. There's a, a there's lot. a lot of very, very tough times yeah. and a lot of very, very good times. Mm-hmm. But it's the tough times we learned the lessons and we became stronger. Mm-hmm. Our family became stronger because God was at the center and we weren't taking credit in the good times. And, uh, you know, that helped us. And so I think it's super important. And we're just so thankful to be on this journey right now. And uh, church planted uh, about four months ago with a couple other families. And God is totally blessing that too. And um, so we we just encourage you to communicate with each other because we just spent 24 hours together without kids. And we had breakfast the first morning. And then we just sat by the fire and talked for four hours straight. And it was awesome. It was actually from nine o'clock until one. It was... And then you're like, whoa, Ange, we got an appointment. You're, you're, <laughs> gotta go. We never run out of things to talk about. No. And I think part of it is that I keep growing and you keep growing. Yeah. And we keep growing in the Lord too. Right. And so we're just, con- and we're dreaming together and we're talking about things and we're spurring one another on. And you guys, that is in essence, a thriving marriage. When you go out on a date and you're excited to talk to each other and you have a million things that you want to talk about that aren't related to maintenance talk. Yeah. Although that's important at times too. Yeah. So nourish your marriage. It can be incredible. It can Mm -hmm. have such a huge impact in the world. Uh, It is the catalyst for impacting your kids an example to them. So we hope this has encouraged you. And uh, And if it has, leave us a comment, share the podcast. um, And we just love to hear from you guys. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.